Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, God, we thank you so much for today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have guidance and wisdom in you, Lord, as the praise team sung about, Lord, that you are truly the chain breaker. God, be with our time today in Christ's name. Amen. About 10 years ago, I was asked to conduct a funeral service for a man who, next to my father, was the greatest man I ever knew. He was a mentor. He was a friend. He was my coach. He was my hero. And during that sermon, there was another speaker who told a story that I'll never forget. It so impacted my life that there were four words that he said that I want to use today for our message. That service was being conducted for Glenn Jeep Davis. He was a Barberton icon, one of the 100 greatest Olympians, won three gold medals in track and field, five world records, played pro football, won the state track championship by himself, something that's never been done before or since. But to us, he was just Jeep. A kind, humble man who gave us everything he had. To me, he was someone that really changed my life. And I will be eternally grateful for his kindness, for his encouragement, for always being there for me. For just telling me that you will do it. That the sun will come up tomorrow. And to believe that the good will always come out. During that time, a friend of his, Bill Allen, spoke in the service. Bill's a wonderful man, and he had a great story he told of him and Jeep. And when they had went to Florida on vacation, he said, we were wandering down the beach, and we lost track of time and realized that we had to get back for dinner. The family would be waiting. And so Jeep said to him, he says, well, we could run back. And Bill thought, well, I don't know if that's the best plan. Couldn't keep up with you, Jeep. And so Jeep looked up at the, at the buildings there on the beach, and he realized that in the hot Florida sun, it, it, is, it is a lot to, to run all the way back. And he looked up, and he seen the, the shadow that these hotels would cast over the beach. And in the shade, it's about 10 degrees cooler. He says, I have an idea. Let's, let's run in the shade. And then when we get to the sun, let's walk in the sun. Bill said that for his entire life that he knew Jeep, he walked in the sun. Those four words stuck out to me. For all these years, I've thought about them. To walk in the sun. You know, the Bible talks about this. The Bible often instructs us to walk in the light, to walk in the sun. And when we say sun, we're, we're not talking about the physical sun that lights our world. We're talking about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. But what does that truly mean to walk in the sun, to walk in the light? In John chapter 8, an event is playing out. It's an event that we've looked at before, a, a powerful event that will give us more insight into what this means. In John chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Now, this wasn't unusual. Jesus would come to the temple and large crowds would gather. They would gather because they'd never heard such wisdom. Same is true today. The wisdom of Jesus Christ is just as relevant today as it was then. People are still astonished by the wisdom of Christ. 
And in verse 3, we see that a trap is being set for Christ. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what dost thou sayeth? So they thought they had Jesus' trick. They said, well, we found this woman in adultery and the law of Moses clearly indicates that she should be stoned. Well, if Jesus would have agreed with that, then all the teachings of forgiveness and love that he had been teaching, people wouldn't listen to him anymore. But then on the other side, if he went against the law of Moses, he's going against the very law that the, that the religion was based upon. So we see in verse 6, Jesus' response this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground, as he heard them not. Many believe he was writing their very sins in the ground as a reflection to them. So in verse 7, so when they continued to ask him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And again he stooped and wrote on the ground. As he looked up and said that, Jesus knew that there was only one person there that was out without sin. That's the only one to ever walk the face of the earth sinless. Jesus Christ was the only one there that could have condemned her. And he put the ball in their court. And in verse 9 it says, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Jesus being the only one who could have condemned her, offered forgiveness. And then he says something in verse 12. And this is the key verse today. It says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. The psalmist knew this in Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my light. In my salvation. In Psalms 119, it tells us, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What was the Bible telling us here? What was Jesus telling us here about walking in the light? And that if we walk in him, we won't walk in darkness. Today we're going to explore really a fork in the road. You know, in our lives we have, oftentimes we have a fork in the road. A lot of times it's when we're younger. We can choose whether to live our lives in a God honoring fashion, or we can choose to take a path that is not God-honoring. That decision time, that fork in the road, we're going to look at both paths. We're going to wander down both paths and see what does it mean to walk down the path of darkness and sin versus what does it mean to walk in the Son of Jesus Christ. When we think about walking in the darkness, you know in this world there is plenty of opportunities to take the path of darkness, to take the road of sin. There's plenty of opportunities. And if I were to sum up what does it mean to walk in darkness, I think it's really a simple thing. It's to walk down the road and make decisions in the absence of Jesus Christ. 
to make the decisions in absence of him. To basically say, I'm going to make the decisions in my life without Christ's input. I'm going to make decisions based on my own thinking. I'm going to make decisions based on my own selfishness, my own needs, what I want in life. I'm going to do all this in the absence of Jesus Christ. When we do that, we're walking the path of sin and darkness. Now, three problems arise when we take that path of sin and darkness. The first problem is, is we're blind to dangers. We're absolutely blind to the dangers around us. You know, several years ago, and many of you remember Ohio Baptist Acres, OBA, the camp out there. I see a lot of smiles. Had a lot of great times out there. I was a camper out there. I was a counselor out there. I was the camp director for, for the church for years. And I tell you, when I was out there as a counselor uh, in high school, we had a lot of fun. In fact, we played a lot of jokes on people. And there's some individuals here today, and I won't call them out or I won't name them, but their, their driving of a golf cart was something spectacular. <laughs> they could go through cornfields. They could have it on two wheels, no wheels. It, it, was, it was quite amazing. But we had some fun out there. One of the things we did, and probably not the best thing, but we would, we'd scare the boys at night a lot of times. And we had this glow-in-the-dark mask. And we'd go out and we'd take turns as counselors. And we'd go, and there would be windows out there, and we'd pop up and scare the boys, you know. So it was my turn. So I'd go and i pop up and, you know, the boys scream and everything. And I'd take off to get back in the dorm. Well, if you remember out there, it wasn't, wasn't a lot of light out there. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. It was very dark. So I'm running, just having a good time, trying to get back to the dorm. And they had planted some trees there. And when you plant trees, you stake them. But they didn't use those cheap little wood stakes. They decided they were going to use those heavy metal stakes with the 90-degree the angle and the jagged edges. And I'm running along, and all of a sudden, bam, I hit something. I didn't even know what happened. And I'm hanging upside down off this stake, just looking up at the sky, thinking, what happened? Tore my shirt. I got cut. Made for a great story with the kids. But it hit me out of nowhere. You know, I thought about that. If it had been in the, the broad light of day, I'd have seen that thing from 100 feet away. But in the darkness, I was totally oblivious to what was in front of me. There was a danger right in front of me that I couldn't even see. I was blind to that danger because I was in the darkness. The same thing is true of life. Especially young people here today understand that there will be dangers when you take the path of sin. There'll be dangers that you don't even see. There'll be dangers right in front of you that will sideswipe you, that will hit you out of nowhere. And you'll be going along, having a good time. And before you know it, that danger will hit you and will stop you and it will hurt you and it will hurt those around you. And you will pay a price greater than you could ever imagine. Being blind to dangers. Proverbs 4.19 tells us this. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Danger could be at the very next step. The path of darkness, we're blind to dangers. We're also blind to people that truly care. You know, a lot of times when people are in sin, what, what they'll do is they'll ignore the people that truly care about them. They won't listen to them. They don't want their guidance. They don't want to hear what they have to say. And they will embrace people who are walking in darkness along with them. Yep. That's the people that they'll listen to. 
And they're literally blind to the people who don't care. They're blind to the people that have their best interest in mind. I had a friend years ago, and he had a younger brother. And he'd gotten into some trouble. And he was doing some things he shouldn't have. And I went and talked to him. And I told him, I said, two things are going to happen. I said, one, you're going to get caught. And secondly, all those friends around you that are much more versed in the ways of the world, they're going to turn on you. He says, no. He says, they're my friends. I know these guys. They got my back. I said, no, they don't. And literally a couple months later, they got caught. And his friends turned on him. And the only one that went to jail was him. Truly we think that those people, when we walk in darkness that are around us, they have our best interests in mind. I want to tell you today, they don't. The people who loved you, the people who are there for you, when all, when everything is down in your life, those are the people who truly care. But when we walk in darkness, we don't see that. We don't see that. We ignore the people that matter and we embrace the people who could really care less. The third thing, when we walk, when we take that road of darkness, the third thing that happens is, is we're blind to direction. It's almost like we're just lost without a map. I can remember on a business trip a few years ago to Chicago. Now, when you come back to, from Chicago, it's a pretty easy, pretty easy. You know, you take uh, 90 slash 80, and it's pretty much a straight shot. Well, there's a portion outside of Chicago where 90 and 94 kind of split. And I always loved it to drive and take trips. I would put audio books on, and I'd be totally lost to the world. And I'm driving along, and I start thinking, I think, you know, I should be seeing that welcome to Indiana sign at any time. And I keep driving, and... All of a sudden, there is a welcome sign, but it wasn't Indiana. It said, welcome to Michigan. <laughs> I thought, how in the world did that happen? I had taken the wrong route. I just wandered off onto 94 and had quite a time getting back to where I was supposed to be going. But you see the people who wander in darkness, they do the same thing, don't they? They just wander literally from one self-made problem to another. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing how they can just get in one. And you think, how did they get into that? Because they're wandering in darkness. They're wandering without a map. They have no guidance. And they'll wander from one self-made problem and issue to another. In Christ, we know he'll get us there. We don't know how. But we know that he will get us there. Isaiah 42, 16. A great verse. It says, and I will bring the blind by the way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have known not, not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked ways straight. These things will I do unto them and forsake them not. You know, think about that verse for a second. Isn't that a beautiful thing that where you see it says that I will lead them in paths that they don't even know about. God says, I'll open up a path in front of you that you didn't even know was there. When the darkness starts to come, I'll bring the light. When that path is crooked, I'll make it straight. When there seems to be no way, I will make a way for you in your life. Walking the path of sin leaves us hopeless. It leaves us fearful. It leaves us going to those people who we think are friends. And I want to tell you young people here today, choose your friends wisely. Choose the influences in your life wisely because they can change your life in a second. In a very second, your life can change. Get around the people that are the good influences, the people who can change your life for the better, the people who lift you up that don't kick you down. When we walk in darkness, we embrace the people 
who kick us down. We embrace fear. We embrace hopelessness. We embrace all the things that we truly do not want. Trying to achieve the things that we do want. So what does it mean then to walk in the sun? To walk in the light? You know, when we walk in the light, the first thing we have to understand is we have forgiveness. We have forgiveness in Jesus Christ. As a child of God, you and I are forgiven for all of eternity. John, the third chapter, verse 17 says, For God sent his Son into the world. Sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He didn't condemn, condemn that woman. He forgave her. We see that we also have freedom in Jesus Christ. We have freedom when we walk in the sun. John 8, 36, it's a song that the praise team sings. It says, if the sun therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We have forgiveness in Christ. We have freedom in Christ. That first step to walk in the sun is to know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. A lot of times people uh, mix that up. People don't get that first step and understand that. But when you accept Jesus Christ into your life and receive him into your life, you begin your journey of walking in the light. Now, a lot of times people will get away from Christ. We see it. They, they become stubborn. They become hardened. They, they do things that, where they want to they take the path of darkness. We see that. And they get, they get off of the path in their lives. Truly immerse yourself in Jesus Christ. Get around the people that will give you the greatest opportunity to succeed in life. Get good influences around you. The second step we see in walking the sun is take root and grow. That verse in Colossians, Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, it says, As ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in Jesus Christ. You see what happens is, is when we accept Christ as our Savior, the next step is that we need to grow in him. And the way that we grow in him is we start to get into his word. We understand the promises that he has for us. Did you realize there are thousands of promises in the Bible? Some, some have it at 3,000. Some have it all the way to 8,000. Different promises in the Bible that God has promised us. We need to understand what is God's promises for our lives. We need to understand what does the Lord want us to do in life? What is our direction? And our instruction book, our map, is God's word. As we get rooted in Jesus Christ, we get further into his word. Not only into his word, but we get further into communication with Christ. You know, it's so important in life to always have a conversation with God. All the time. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Have a conversation with God. God's interested in your life. God's interested in what's going on with you. God's interested in your problems. Are you having a conversation with him? Because as you have a conversation with God and ask for his direction and seek his will, you'll become more rooted in your faith. You'll become more rooted in Jesus Christ. You will continue to walk in the sun. The third step when we look at walking in the sun is you experience God in your life. That verse in Colossians 2.7 says, and established in the faith as you have been taught. You know, we truly learn from experience, don't we? 
We really do. I mean, it's like starting a new job. If you start a new job, you just feel like you don't know anything. You feel like you don't even know where the copier is. And as you continue to work that job and you become mentored by somebody, you start to learn. You start to get experience of things. And the more experiences that you see, the more confidence you have in what you're doing. The same is true in Jesus Christ. When we gain experience in Christ, what happens is, is we start to strengthen our faith. When we go through things in our life and we turn to him and we keep on, as hard as it might be sometimes, we keep on that path of light. We keep walking in the sun with him. When we continue to do that, we become more confident in Jesus Christ. And then as those problems come into our lives, what happens is we've had experience. We said, God, you have brought me through this. You have brought me through so many things in my life, and I know that you're going to bring me through the next problem, the next challenge, the next issue that arises. We have experience in him. Gain that experience in Christ. Understand the importance of having experience in him. We gain experience through the direction of the Holy Spirit in our life. As believers, we have a guidance system inside us. So we have a GPS that can guide us through life. We become more experienced in that. And when that happens, our faith grows. And when we gain experience, he comes through. We know that he comes through. We know that he has a plan. We know that he has our best interest in mind. And when that next challenge comes, we know, Lord, you're going to bring me through it. Gain that experience in Jesus Christ. The last step to truly understand what it means to walk in the light of Jesus Christ is a step that a lot of times we forget. Well, we accept Jesus Christ, we, we grow in our faith, we grow in our experience with him, and then we just kind of stop. But we're missing the step that Jesus told us to do. Jesus said, don't just keep growing and getting rooted. Share your light with others. Show them to the path of light. Lead them to me. Lead people to Jesus Christ. Share the light of others so they can walk in him as well. Colossians 2.7 says, in the latter part of that verse, it says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. One translation says, now do what you been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your life spill over into thanksgiving. All of those experiences that we have in God, we should translate them into ways that we can show our light to others. Use your life story. The most powerful testimony that you have is your life story and the things that you've been through in your life. Maybe those were things in your life that during that time were such a challenge to you that hurt you so much you thought, how in the world is this ever going to be used for good? But I want to tell you, whether it's, that, whether it's a divorce, whether it's an addiction, whatever it is in your life, whether it's an illness, you can use that to share that light with somebody who's going through the very same thing now. You can show them what you went through and where God has led you. And you can show them that there is hope even in a world that is hopeless, that they have hope if they walk in the sun. Use those experiences. Use your stories throughout your life to share the light of Jesus Christ with others. Oh, it's so important to, to share your light with others. Not to condemn them, but to show them the love 
of Jesus Christ. There was a story that I heard some years ago. It was about a man who frequented a certain restaurant. And the owner of the restaurant he knew was, had come from another country and was not, was not a man of faith. And he always said, you know, one day I'm going to talk to him about Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk to him. And that burned in, it burned in him for years. And finally he got up the courage and he says, you know, the next time I go to that restaurant, I'm going to share Christ with him. And a couple months later, he, he went to the restaurant and as he walked in, he walked up to the hostess and he, he asked for the owner. And with tears in her eyes, she said, you didn't hear, did you? She said, he passed away. And it stopped that man in his tracks. Because he thought of all the opportunities that he had to share the light of Christ with this man. And now that opportunity is gone. Share the light while there's still time. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know that person that God has put on your heart. We don't know where they'll be tomorrow. Share the light of Jesus Christ before it's too late. How do we truly start this journey in the sun? How do we walk in the sun with Christ? 1 John chapter 1 verses 5 through 9 gives us a formula of what this means. And as we close with this, we see this then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And oh, here's the key. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's such a simple thing to come to Jesus Christ. The Bible talks about it. It's, it's so simple. It's like going to get a drink. It's so simple to come to Christ. That verse tells us the formula. It's a simple thing. Maybe today you're here. Maybe today you're watching on YouTube and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've never had him to be the light of your life. It's a simple thing. It's a prayer that, that we oftentimes talk about. That simply ask Jesus to come into our heart. To ask him to forgive us of our sins. To be our Lord and Savior. We simply put our faith in him. In just a moment we're going to give you an opportunity. To accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior to come up front here and, and we won't embarrass you. It's just a, it's a simple thing. And if you've never done that in your life, today can be the day that you can begin your journey in the sun. Let's bow our heads. So often in our lives, we put things off to tomorrow. We have a, 
a burning desire, but we just procrastinate. If that's you today, if you've heard Christ's message before and you've never accepted him, we're going to give you a chance to do that in just a moment. As we bow for prayer, I just pray, dear Lord, that if there's anyone here today, Lord, who's never accepted your light, who's never seen what it is to walk in your light, Lord, maybe they've been walking in darkness. Maybe they've been walking in sin. But today, Lord, is the day that they can experience your love, a love that, Lord, is greater than all loves. Lord, a peace that passes all understanding and a light that will shine forever and for all of eternity. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for the gift that you have given us, that gift of salvation, Lord, as we have just celebrated this Christmas season. Lord, the reason you came into the world was to save the world. The reason you came into this dark world was to bring the light that only you could bring. The light of forgiveness, the light of love, the light of freedom. Lord, I pray that we embrace your light today in your name. Amen.